Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on all things silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby. A Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SB Nation, part of the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Raider Nation, let's go and welcome this Pod Baby the Week 3 recap show powered by SB Nation. Well, we are still without that victory Monday uh, as the Raiders once again fall this week to the Tennessee Titans, 24-22. Uh, tough loss, Derek Carr's two-point conversion. It all came down to that final play, tipped and incomplete, and that was the ball game for the Raiders. And, you know, it was a lot of the same for, for the Raiders from what we have seen the past three weeks. Poor defense at times, poor offense at times, questionable play calling, miscues on both sides of the ball, dropped passes, penalties at critical times lots of finger pointing going on once again this week by the fan base and what I'm here to tell you again is the same as I told you last week this was a team loss uh they are not playing complimentary football and uh you know we're gonna get into some of my thoughts in in just a moment um you know the stat by now because I talked about it last week and I'm sure you've seen it all over different things you've been reading and different shows you've been listening to but here it is again the Raiders are one of only two winless teams remaining in the NFL, and they're the only ones that are 0-3. Of course, you got the the Texans at 0-2 and with the tie. Uh, so the Raiders do have that 0-3 record, and if they are to turn it around this year and make an improbable run to the playoffs, they would be the only the seventh team since 1980 to do so. So to, uh, statistically speaking, the Raiders have really dug themselves into a hole here that not many teams have been able to get out of Uh, in the last 30 years. Um, But as we do on the recap show, we are here to break down the game that was, and so we're going to jump right into that now. I I think what we saw in the first half of the game was a continuation of the second half of the Cardinals game. I think that is fair to say. The defense, again, couldn't get stops to start the game. The the Titans scored touchdowns on their opening three drives of the game. Uh, Derrick Henry was running all over them. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was, you know, completing passes left and right. 12 plays, 75 yards, six plays, 75 yards, eight plays, 79 yards. The defense got off the field only once forcing a three and out on the Titans fourth possession of the first half. And they did, um, allow a field goal late, uh, in, in this first half with, with only 21 seconds to go, uh, before the end of the half, uh, following a Raiders, three and out, and then offensively for Las Vegas, they had a good-looking opening drive that did stall out at the Tennessee three-yard line, and I want to mention the play on third and two, the pass play. The ball was thrown to the back of the end zone, back right corner. Um, You know, I'm still not sure who the intended receiver was. Um, I I did hear um, Josh McDaniel spoke on Monday, and he was asked about the play and the confusion on the play. Um, Waller and Adams kind of on top of each other, standing within two feet of each other. From what McDaniels had to say is that uh, um, Adams was supposed to run his 
route to the to the right corner of the end zone. He was kind of forced to um, change uh, directions and ended up being kind of in the same spot as Waller. But anyhow, the ball went off of Waller's hands and just an, an, another major miscue, you know, kind of a guys in the wrong spot, uh, ball bouncing off of Waller's hands. Um, you know, it just, just cannot have those type of things happen in the red zone. Um, same sort of miscommunications and lack of execution we have seen in the previous uh, couple of games. Now, Daniel Carlson did make the field goal, and, and the Raiders w- would get into the end zone on their second drive of the game. Um, a nice throw and catch from, from Carr to Adams, which was Devontae Adams' third touchdown of the season. Uh, so it was 14-10 to 10 at one point, but as I mentioned, the Titans did score a third touchdown and added a field goal. Uh, while the Raiders offense followed up their touchdown with a five play and punt series and then a three and out before halftime. Uh, so they did trail 24 to 10 at the half and it was not the start that the Raiders were hoping for. Again, a slow start offensively, uh, uh, playing from behind, um, just not a good recipe. And in the second half of the game, I, I did think the defense got their act together after allowing 24 points and, and getting ran all over. Um, I think they definitely gave the op- offense uh, opportunities to get back into the game. The Titans pos- possessed the ball five times in the second half. Um, the very first drive for the Titans in the second half resulted in a takeaway. Uh, Deron Harmon had an interception. In the second drive, they stopped Derrick Henry on third and one. If you recall, Vrabel decided to go for it on that fourth down, um, and and, and they, they got the stop. The defense got the stop. They forced... Um, Two more punts on the in the next two possessions, and in the final time the Titans had the ball, uh, they were in victory formation. So, um, you know, no points allowed by the defense in, in the second half. Um, they generated a takeaway, uh, a turnover on downs, and two punts. So I don't know what more you could ask for from the defense um, in, in the in the later half of this game. I understand you. You might be sitting there saying to yourself, Evan, what the heck are you talking about? They gave up 24 points in the first half, and I think you're fair to go ahead and say that, and, and you're, you're fair to criticize the defense for the way they played in the first half, but this was a, a two-score game um, going into the second half, and the, off, and, the, and the defense, I thought they did their part in the second half. To me, the major underlying problem was the offense never got it firing on all cylinders. Yes, they did um, add 12 points in the second half, and they were there again with a chance to tie the game like they were uh, in, in, in against the Chargers in Week 1, but they came up short again. And, and not only did they come up short on that final play, that two-point conversion, but three other times in the second half when they were in the red zone, they came up short. Four times, um, excuse me, four times, well, I said three times, four times in the second half, they moved the ball uh, into the red zone and only twice um, came away with a touchdown. Okay, twice they settled for field goals, and the other play was an INT. So, um, and we'll get into that interception a little bit more um, in the show. All that being said, much like the Chargers game in Week One, they they it was a which was a five point loss. They had an opportunity there at the end of the game. Um, again, the Raiders were looking at a two point conversion to tie the game to send it to overtime. Um, just just came up short. Um, my big overall takeaway. Uh, from this game this past week is that the Raiders, they're, they're just not executing. They are not executing well enough um, at all, offense and defense, the miscues, 
the drop passes. Waller had, what, three drops this game? Three drops, a touchdown he dropped, maybe two touchdowns. Cole had a drop. They were mental mistakes. How about on uh, the Raiders' first possession of, of the second half? They are looking at a third and four. Colton Miller gets called for a false start, moves it back to a third and nine. The Raiders end up um, not converting the play and have to settle for a field goal. That was a common theme in this game. On the final drive of the game, they're looking at a fourth and ten. Delay a game penalty. Mental mistake. How can that happen? Now, they were able to overcome that crucial mistake when Carr connected with Mac Collins for 140, uh, excuse me, 48 yards. Uh, he had 158 yards receiving in the game, and I got to say, I was wrong about Mac Collins. Boy, he's he's looked really good. He's been uh, a great pickup. You know, getting it done both as a receiver and uh, on special teams, he made that play there, uh, kneeling the ball down or downing the ball at the the one yard line uh, during the game. So he he's been a really bright spot for the team. But getting back to my my main point. The Raiders are not playing clean, mistake-free, efficient football uh, that Josh McDaniels talked a lot about in training camp. It was written a lot in training camp. It was talked about a lot, um, and, and and it's just not translating. And, and to me, it, it's worse on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, just some stats for you. In this game, the Raiders were 1-for-12 on third down and 2-of-6 in red zone opportunities. That is not going to get it done. Now on the season, the Raiders are ranked 26th in red zone scoring, and that's touchdowns only, converting at a clip of 46%. I looked it up. They were ended the season. Last year, they ended the season at 49%. So they've actually gotten a little worse in that area. I know it's only three games, but they're they're not getting it done. Uh, as bad as they were last year, it's actually a little worse right now. And, uh, you know, you can look at all the other things that went wrong in this game. And to me, when you get into the red zone six times and walk away with only two touchdowns, you aren't going to win many games in this league. No way. So, you know, I continue to be extremely underwhelmed with the offense as a whole, uh, particularly in the red zone. Uh, And, you know, to me, it all starts at the top. It all starts at the top with the play caller. Josh McDaniels is at the forefront of the problems on offense. Tell me this. How does Devontae Adams go targetless in the second half of that football game? Can anyone out there explain that to me? The same Devontae Adams who had zero help in Green Bay last year. None. Randall Cobb? Valdez Scantling? Come on. You don't think he saw bracket coverage in Green Bay? Double coverage? In Green Bay, you don't think he's getting the attention or he got the attention that he's getting now? He managed to get involved plenty in Green Bay. Go back and look at the numbers. This is on McDaniels. He needs to scheme him open. He needs to get him more involved. And I'm not talking about on a reverse. What is that? These trick plays? What is going on here? Darren Waller needs to catch the football. Keelan Cole needs to catch the football. Derek Carr needs to be more accurate. He needs to make better decisions. All the money invested in that offense, it's unacceptable. It's on everybody over on that side of the ball. They all need to do better. They all need to take a look in the mirror. Now, defensively, it's not perfect either. There's no pass rush. None. And if you weren't concerned about Chandler Jones before this game, you should be. He's non-existent. They need more turnovers. They finally got one this week. They need to play more consistent from one 
half to the next, one quarter to the next. They need to put a full game together. That would be nice to see from the defense. But as I've said before many times, I wasn't expecting the defense to be very good. Were you? Did you think this would be a top 15 defense? Think about this for a minute, because I, I was thinking about this today. Look at last year's defense, the roster, compared to this year's. And hear me out here, okay? Gone from last year's unit, Casey Hayward, their best cornerback from a year ago, graded out really well at Pro Football Focus in 2021. Yannick Ngakwe. Now, some may disagree with this take, but right now, at this point in his career, he's a better player than Chandler Jones. Go ahead and challenge me on that. You lost three guys from the interior part of the defense that could bring a pass rush. Darius Phylon, Quentin Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, and replace them with guys who cannot, or at least have not yet, gotten after the quarterback. No pass rush from the interior. None. And then you throw in the fact that Denzel Perryman had a, a career year last year. He's a guy that's, you know, had a lot of injuries in his career. And now he's injured. So when you look at it that way, the point I'm making here is, are you really surprised to see the defense performing the way it is? Because to me, on paper, the defense got worse. You know, when you really look at it, when you really take a deep dive. So, you know, to me, I, I never really expected the defense to be top 15, top 20. I talked about my concerns. Two big concerns on defense. Secondary, interior part of the defensive line. Okay, was I optimistic that some of the new pieces would click? Sure. I thought, you know, I was excited about Chandler Jones. I was. I'm not going to lie. You know, Twitter, when they hired Patrick Graham, Twitter told me that Patrick Graham was, was a huge get for the Raiders. I'm not seeing it. You know, this defense has holes. They are lacking in a lot of areas. But again, to me, the offense, they were supposed to be top five. I know the offensive line had question marks. Currently, the offense is 11th in scoring, which you know doesn't sound too bad when you're looking at it like, oh, they're 11th. That's not too bad. But they're averaging only 21 points a game right now. The Falcons and the Jaguars are averaging 27 and 28, for crying out loud. If, you're, if that offense is being outscored by the, the Atlanta Falcons, that's a problem. Now, the bottom line is this. We all thought this team was in win now, right? Win now mode. Based on all the moves that were made, giving up first-round picks for Devontae Adams, giving out big money to Chandler Jones and signing all your players back. But here's the reality right now with this team. They just aren't that good. They are not a good football team right now. They don't execute in big moments. They're poorly coached right now. The defense has too many flaws, can't get a stop, can't play a full game. The offense can't get out of their own way. Drops, miscommunications, penalties and big spots. You could not have dreamed up a worse start to the season for the Raiders right now. Now, all that all that negativity being said, luckily for the Raiders, you know, in the division that we all thought was supposed to be a gauntlet, all of a sudden doesn't look so daunting right now when you look at the standings and when you look at what some of these other teams have been doing. The Broncos, whew, did you watch that game last night? They look far worse than the Raiders. You know, although somehow they've managed two wins. I, I still don't know how they've done that. The Chargers, you know, they're 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 kind of looking like the old Chargers, dealing with all kinds of injuries. The latest now, left tackle Rashawn Slater, done for the year, torn bicep. Herbert, not 100%, torn rib cartilage. 
coach making bad decisions. You know, the Chiefs, they got beat by the Colts on Sunday, major upset there. So, you know, as, as bad as it's been for the Raiders, there's still 14 games left in this season. And and I know that they've given you nothing to suggest that, that better weeks are ahead. But they're still in this. <laughs> they're, they're still in this. And, you know, they, they do have the talent. I've said it many times. They have too much talent on that offense to, to, to not, you know, show some life here. You know, they've got the talent to carry an average defense. No matter what this defense does, that offense can carry them if they get it going. So that's my uh, rant on week three. That's my little recap, some of my thoughts on, on week three. Uh, I am going to step aside now for a break, and when I return, I will give you my turning point play of the, of the game as well. We're going to take a listen to some audio from Josh McDaniels' Monday's Press Conference. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Just Pod Baby, part of the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. Welcome back to Just Pod, baby. Run down the field on them. Your home for all things Las Vegas Raiders football. Raiders! News, views, and guests. Just win, baby. There's only one nation, and they listen here. Once a Raider, always a Raider. All right, Raider fans, we are back. Just Pod, baby, recapping the Raiders' week three loss to the Tennessee Titans, 24 24- 22, and this is the part of the show where I like to bring you my turning point play of the game. And you could point to many different uh, points in this game, but for me, there was one in particular that was a real backbreaker for the Raiders. Let's go ahead and take a listen now. Nobody's helping down at the bottom. Carr over the middle, deflected and then picked off in the end zone. Intercepted by Kevin Byard. So there you heard the audio from the, the Fox broadcast. They were on Fox this week. Uh, and, and the play I went with this week was the interception in the fourth quarter, 9-22 on the clock, and the Raiders trailed 24-13 at that point. It was uh, on a third and three play from the Tennessee Six. Carr threw the ball to the middle of the field on a, on a short little in route to Darren Waller. And, you know, I, I've now had the chance to take a look at the All-22 film. There's no doubt about it. That ball, that ball should have been caught. It hit Waller in the hands. Clearly, he was you know, concerned about the oncoming the defender. You could see he takes a, a big shot in the play, took his eye off the ball. You know, immediately he turns his eyes to the defender. I mentioned he took the, the huge hit, but you know, if you're going to be among the, the highest paid tight ends in, in the NFL, well, you have to bring that catch in. And, and I think if you were to ask Darren Waller that question, I, I know he would tell you the same thing, but uh, you know, drop passes were a, a problem for this team yesterday. And when, you, when those things happen in the red zone and they result in a turnover, uh, very, very crucial mistake. You know, that play to me was was the turning point uh, because it was a seven-point swing. Um, took seven points off the board. If he catches that ball, it's a touchdown, no doubt about it. Uh, he was he was he would have been across the line. Uh, you're, then you're looking at a 24-20 uh, game in, in the momentum. Maybe they go for two there to make it a 24-21 uh, game to – Make it a one, you know, one possession game or a field goal game, um, it, but to me, that the momentum really changed there. Um, now, the, the turnover didn't result in a touchdown or any points for Tennessee, but they did uh, milk three minutes and fourteen seconds off the clock. 
Um, which, you know, the Raiders could have used a little extra time, I think. But anyways, that was my turning point play of the game for uh, week three. And, you know, the, the final thing that I want to do here in segment uh, number two is is to take a listen to some audio from Josh McDaniel's uh, Monday press conference. Uh, I thought he was asked a couple of really good questions, questions that I was also, uh, you know, wondering about. So we're going to dive into some of that now. Let's take a listen to this first audio here of Coach McDaniel's when he was asked about, um, you know, the miscues and, and the issues that the Raiders were having uh, in the red zone. You know, it, there's, again, there's really never one thing. Um, we did have a few opportunities. You know, I, I look at a couple opportunities in a running game we had um, to, to potentially put it in in the running game before it got to a third down and goal or those kind of situations. Um, we were very close a couple times to getting it in the run game. Um, you know, and then it comes down to those, those we call them four-point plays. You know, third down and goal in the red zone is – it's a critical play no matter when it happens because it you know it usually is a four point swing and yesterday we had one that actually turned into a seven point swing because it ended up in a turnover so you know it's just you know we 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 work on it a lot we practice it a lot um you know and at the end of the day they executed a little bit better than we did um in that situation but um, you know, again, there's no shortcut to it. Uh, we have to do a good job of executing down there. Got to have a good good plan, give the players an opportunity to be successful, and then, you know, we get our opportunities, which I'm happy with the number of opportunities we're getting. We just got to do a better job of actually finishing the drives and getting it in, you know, when we're down there. You'd love for a five for six game. You know, we get a five for six game, and, you know, we're talking about a different outcome. And you heard him there talking about the run game. And, you know, personally, I wouldn't mind seeing him – run the ball a couple more times and, and tight there in the red zone. They were running the ball well during the game. Josh Jacobs was was effective. And we know that Josh Jacobs can finish at the goal line. We, we've seen him do that before in past seasons. So that is one change I would like to see. He kept, he kept all these running backs. He, he got Zamir White. Give him a chance at the goal line. If it's not Josh Jacobs, give it to somebody. Use the fullback. Somebody. Run the ball. Run the ball a little bit more in, in, in those tight goal line situations, red zone. Um, how about utilizing Mac Hollins? In, in his size, they actually did it on, on the final touchdown of the game. It was a, a simple jump ball to him. You, you find a mismatch, a size advantage like that, throw it up to him. You know, forcing the ball into Darren Waller a bunch of times, that's not the answer. That is not the answer. That has not worked out yet this season. It has not worked out. And, you know, I, I do think they missed Renfro in the red zone yesterday especially. Uh, but as he mentioned, you need to have a good plan. And, and right now they don't seem to have one. I don't think they had a very good red zone plan um, yesterday. Now, as I've mentioned many months ago when they hired McDaniels, you had to go way back and search for that podcast, but his New York, uh, New York, his New England teams have been very good in the red zone. Go look at the numbers. Go look up those numbers of those New England teams uh, from the past couple years. They were good in the red zone. You know, I, I don't have the numbers on me right now, but I know that I've talked about it before in past episodes, so that that's frustrating because you thought he would fix those problems instead they are ranked 26 right now in red zone offense. Needs to get better. Got to finish those drives with touchdowns. Now, the next piece of audio that I wanted to share with you guys was when he was asked about playing with a sense of urgency. You know, uh, they, they've dug themselves into this hole. How do they get how, how do they get themselves back out? You know, will he be preaching a little bit more of a sense of urgency? Let's take a listen to what he had to say. Yeah, I think uh, you know consistency. If you if, look, you believe in your approach, you know, and and you believe in your players. Like that, those are two things that I would say I, I do uh, wholeheartedly uh, believe in. So, um, you know, we just, we, we, we know we can make 
better progress here as we go forward. And we know we need to do it quickly. You know, we, we, we don't want to lose sight of the guys that are in front of us in our division. So, um, you know, we've got two great opportunities coming up here against two division opponents. Let's just start with week one, week one with Denver here um, and, and really, you know, do a good job of preparing this week. Um, I, I just I've never felt like going up and down is really the right thing to do, um, you know, as a leader you know, being consistent with your message and what you believe in and trying to provide solutions is my job. So that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to provide some solutions. If we need to adjust a few things, we will. If we need to practice something a little bit more, then we will. Uh, If we need to do something less, then we'll do that too. So um, I think at this this time, you know, and it it happens to every team, um, you handle some adversity with, you know, consistency and grace. And look, it is what it is. You know, let's not feel sorry for ourselves. Try to go out there and have a good day on Wednesday, and then try to follow it up Thursday and Friday. So he's going to take the you know the one day at a time approach, the one game at a time approach, and that's really all he can do at this point. I understand that he talked about being consistent, but willing to you know make adjustments if needed in practice and if they're necessary. And I and I definitely think that there's there needs to be some adjustments adjustments made. Um, you know, I, what those adjustments are, I, you know, I don't know, but um, need some sort of shakeup you know, a a jolt to the system for these players, you know, maybe simplifying things, some on offense, run the ball more, scheme up Devontae Adams more on defense, maybe play a little bit more aggressive, throw some, some new things on at these offenses, some new looks, um, uh, you know, just, just staying the course might not be the best choice at this time for this team. They, 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 you know, they got to do something a little different than what they've done in the three games. There, there hasn't been enough good in those three games to say, oh, we're, we're close. We're right there. I know the, the scores might be close, but they really haven't looked like a, you know, a, a real legit football team. Um, they have the struggling Denver team coming in this weekend. I, I think being back at home will help them, but um, then it's back on the road to a, a place where they have struggled badly at, at Arrowhead. So I, I, I know me personally, I, I would definitely like to see this team playing with more urgency, more of a back-against-the-wall kind of mentality, kind of what we saw last year when uh, they they needed to win those four games in a row, and they did. That That's the kind of mentality this team has, needs to play with right now because, you know, it's only week four, I know, but these are critical games, division games the next two that they must have. Uh, they have to win Sunday. Let, let's be perfectly honest. I know, uh, you know, I'm going to be blunt with you. If they don't win Sunday, it's over. Like, like officially, you know, it's going to be over for this team, in my opinion. Uh, the final piece of audio that I have for you is uh, McDaniel's response to a question about comments Derek Carr made after the game where he suggested maybe the team didn't have a great week of practice and some of those poor practice habits carried over to the game. Uh, here was Coach's response to that. I, d- I don't know specifically what, what he w- was referring to, but – um, you know, I, I always say this is that, you know, look, practice is never going to be perfect. You know, um, that's just the nature of our sport. We have 11 guys out there and there's a thousand variables on every play. Um, we try to get it as, as, as perfect as we can make it. Um, you know, I never fault our effort or attitude about any of those things. 
Um, but you know, I mean, there's certain times where you may, you may have issue with something in practice or what have you, and then it shows up in the game and you certainly can attribute it say, Hey, you know, if we can do it a little bit better in practice, we'll probably make, you know, a difference in the game. And again, there's a million of those things that we could talk about, you know, whether it's punt coverage or, you know, kickoff return or, you know, offensive line protection on third down or routes or coverages or blitzes or whatever. Um, you know, we're always trying to get it you know, as, as, as well done as we can in practice. And, um, you know, I don't know specifically what he was referring to, but ultimately I think if you go out there and you feel like you did a lot of things really well in practice, your confidence level and your trust in what you're doing on the scheme and with your teammates that are out there, it just naturally goes up, you know? So what we're working towards is, you know, really good Wednesday, really good Thursday, really good Friday, really good Sunday, you know? And if we can do that, uh, then I think we have an opportunity to, to start, you know, taking some of these games and putting them in our favor. So it didn't sound like he was willing to, to get into those comments uh, too much, which, you know, is, is to be expected from the head coach. Um, I, I want to point out a, a story that Vic Tafer wrote over at The Athletic. Um, and in his story, he, he detailed some of those comments that Derek Carr made in his press conference. You know, the whole premise of the story was, uh, you know, Mark Davis called the – uh, apparently he called a closed door meeting with with Josh McDaniels to who knows we don't know what he was talking about I think we could all guess what he was talking about but how how um Mark Davis has to be very unhappy with what's what's currently happening with this team uh but but the point that I want to point out again are the quotes that are in the story from from Derek Carr and I'm just going to kind of read right from the story for you um Davis has to be tired of Carr saying it's on me after losses, and, and Carr did try a little deviation this time. It seemed like he was pointing at the practice effort of some players. Quote, you try your best to do it the right way in practice, and if you don't do it the right way in practice, then you can't expect it to go right in games, Carr said. Later, I can be optimistic. Max, Tay, Darren, everybody can be optimistic, but if not everybody is doing the work or doing the right things in practice, it doesn't matter how much we hope for. You have to go uh, earn it. But we are going to stay positive already. That's the kind of people we have in the locker room. Uh, Tafer goes on to say that I asked Carr to clarify, is he not happy with the overall effort and practice? Here was Carr's response. I think the execution was not at its best on some days, but that's not the reason, Carr said. It's not like that. I wouldn't say I am not pleased with it, but my point is you have to, you have got the meetings, the practice, the walkthroughs, all matter. So if you're on it, on all of those things, then you usually go out and you are on your assignments. So for me, I believe in that, and that's what Josh preaches, that it matters. End quote. So, uh, you know, it does sound like Carr. You know, I've always known Carr to be a pretty honest guy. You know, when when he up when he's up there speaking, um, I, I think he's usually pretty candid and pretty open with his comments. So I do believe there is some frustration there uh, at practice. And he's, you know, he's a guy that, you know, practices hard. He, he, he's out there leading this team in practice. You, you, you see it, him and Max Crosby, two, two big leaders out there in practice. So uh, there must be some level of, um, you know, lack of attentiveness from players, not giving it their all, whatever it may be, you know, we could speculate all we want, but uh, I believe that was Derek Carr's subtle way of maybe calling out some teammates and, and wanting them to, to pick it up a bit in practice because it, it makes plenty of sense. This team is is 
not executing, showing some sloppiness, a lot of miscues, it would make a lot of sense that maybe they're having some issues in practice as well. So interesting comments there from uh, the quarterback, Derek Carr. All right, well, I, I think we've covered it all this week. We've covered a lot of ground this week on the Recap Show, but it is time to wrap this one up. Please make sure you are subscribing to the podcast, by the way, if you don't already. Give me a follow on Twitter as well, at egroat 5 We will be back in a couple of days previewing the Week 4 game versus the Denver Broncos, the 2-1 and Broncos. Uh, we will see what kind of pride these Raiders have with their backs up against the wall with their season on life support already at Week 4. How will they respond? That is going to be the question this week. Looking forward to it. Until then, enjoy the week, everyone. Take care, and as always, just win, baby.